Good evening, my Rabbi Isai. And we're coming to the end of this cheshben, a short cheshben here in 28. And that's the cheshben of a person who has, uh, in his opinion, and even in the opinion of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, has done good deeds, has done what he's supposed to, followed Shulchan Aruch, has done mitzvahs and maizim teivim, has learned Torah, has davened. He's a wonderful person. Has given tzedakah. And not only has just done that on a base level, but even a person who has extended himself. He has really given up for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he knows it and Hashem knows it. And instead of the uh, red carpet ring rolled out for him, and Hashem says, come, I want you to, I'm just going to make everything good for you from now on. Uh, quite the opposite happens. And things go a little bit south. And the reaction that the says is, number one, we have no idea of why Hashem did this. But truth be told, if I gave up everything, I mean, I gave up of uh, of of making him a little bit, little bit more physically comfortable for me. And instead, I do more Avedis Hashem. I take on more things that uh, it makes it more strenuous, obviously in a way that a person could handle it. And he's going beyond, and he's stretching himself. That's really what this is about. A person who stretched himself for the sake of Hashem. Chavazimovah says that's like giving gifts to HaKadosh Baruch. And we have psukim, like we mentioned the other night, Tanu oiz leloikim al Yisrael gavose. Give strength to Hashem. And the more we do good, kaviyochu, we're giving strength to Hashem. We're enabling Hashem to do good to us and to the world. And that's the way it should be. We should get good. But sometimes the opposite happens. And truth be told, Kodesh Baruch could say, these are my gifts that you gave me, and I thank you for them, I appreciate them. They never go to waste. They're all accounted for. But it could be Hashem says, I'm going to reserve all of that reward for the next world. And in this world, you're not going to have it easy. In this world, as a matter of fact, things are going to get more difficult. So Chavis warns us over here that this does sometimes happen. And if it does happen to a person, a person should take the courage to not lose himself and not say, ah, I shouldn't have done it. I knew it. I shouldn't have given that money to Tzedakah. I shouldn't have helped out that guy. I shouldn't have gone diving an extra minion to so say Kaddish because look what happened in the end. Turned out terrible. And this happens. And as a matter of fact, he doesn't say it over here, but we see from other sources that it seems like the Satan has a special... uh, suitcase that he takes out this trick out of his bag as an example we know that we discussed in the uh, previous cheshben the greatness of Avram Avinu when we praise Avram Avinu that he withstood 10 challenges 10 tests from HaGadosh Baruch Hu. and if you go through all the tests we said Ur Kazda being thrown into the furnace by Nimrod that's a question. If it's a, listed as a test, most Rishayim don't say that. 
And then we have an interesting machloikis between the Ramban or Benyayna. What was the last test? What was the last test? And most of us understand, like seems to be the majority opinion, that was Akedas Yitzchak. That was bringing up his son, his beloved son that he waited for for 99 years, bring him up as a Karbanayla. He had the pleasure of being with him and raising him for 37 years, and now bring him up as a Karbanayla. And without questioning Hashem, he went forth to do that. And that was it. I mean, once that happened, that's it. The voice came out from Shemayim, Kemat, and now we know you've reached the pinnacle of Yerat Hashem. But some Rishayim say, that's Parshas Vayeri. You go to the next Parsha, Parshas Chaye Sora. Some say that Kvuras Sora was the last test because Sora died and as the Gemara describes to us in the Msaktis Baba Basra, that here Avram Avinu was promised the entire land. This land is all yours. The entire territory of Eretz Yisrael, of Eretz Canaan, and that was yours. And imagine, he owns everything, and he tries to find a burial plot for his wife, and he, he can't find one. He, has a, he, he gets talked this way and that way by Ephraim, and finally, all right, you know, I'll make a deal with you. Ah, you know, a little deal with you. And there he has the funeral director took him for a ride. And and this was, he owned it. He was promised by Hashem. So some understand that itself was a test. But the the Rishonim who understand that that was not the last test. Okay, this was the last test. So it's, it's a question. But there was a test of Kvurasara. There was a test of burying his beloved wife of who knows how many, many, many decades. Why isn't that in the county? That's not counted. Listen to this pshat. The last test was that of Akedas Yitzchak. And we know that Rashi tells us at the beginning of Parshish Chayisura, he comes home after the journey with Yitzchak. Yitzchak leaves to the base of Medrash. And he comes home and he walks into his house and there lying dead is his beloved wife's son. What happened? What, what, what went on? So someone came to him and says, you know, Avram, what happened was somebody came, a messenger. Rashi tells it. A messenger came and said to, to Sarah, do you know that your husband, the great Avram, the saint, do you know that he just took your only son and he brought him up on a mountain to slaughter him? And Sarah said, to slaughter him? She had a heart attack, and she died. And the shliach was, no, no, and he, actually he didn't, but it was too late. It was too late, and she died. And Avram Avinu finds out how she died. She had a heart attack. Why? Because she heard the, only the beginning of the message. You know why the Satan did this? Really, the Mepharshim tell us, this was Sari Menu's time to die. But the Satan orchestrated it. He had arranged it that it should look like she died from the news of Avram Avinu bringing up Yitzchak. Why did the Satan want? It was too late. He already passed the test of the Akedah. He was ready to give him up. That's it. Hashem says, you're good. You hit the top. Satan says, no. If I can get him to regret even an iota, that great Mesiris Nefesh, that great act of bringing Yitzchak up and being ready to slaughter him to Hashem, if I can get him to regret even a little bit, 
that's it. He's going to be diminished from that reward. So he wanted to, he wanted it to go in retrospect. He wanted to turn the clock back by Avram Avinu regretting. And the truth is, the Gemara Kedushin that man tells us, if a person does a mitzvah, and then he regrets it, he loses the schar. He loses the schar for the mitzvah. There was a maizah, the mashkia brings a maizah with Ramesha Schneider, Zechrenel of Rokho, who had a yeshiva in Frankfurt before the war in Germany. And then during the Mulchama, he had a nice group of Bakram still, and they were going from place to place. And finally, he moved to London and he opened up his yeshiva there. He had tremendous, famous Talmudim come out of that yeshiva. Some of them still alive today. Ramesha Sternbach Schlitter, Yitzchok Tuvyevay Schlitter. So while he was running from place to place in the beginning of the war, he had a certain benefactor. A wealthy Jew was giving him money. And one day he comes to him, he says, we're just, we're in need of more funds to feed the boys, you know, they're learning. So the, this wealthy Jew says, what? I thought you were refugees. I thought you were running for your lives and you needed some food. I didn't realize you were just sitting in some shul and learning all day. No way you're not getting a penny more from me. Okay? So he walked out, he left. So Rav Moshe Schneider walks out of the house and the bocher that he was with, was with him, together with him, says, Rebbe, I think we should leave. Rav Moshe Schneider says, one second. I need to go back to the house again. I need to go upstairs again. He goes back to the door. The man opens the door. Like, what are you doing here again? And Rav Moshe Schneider tells him, please, do yourself a favor. I, you know what? You don't want to give me any more, but don't regret everything that you've given until now. Because if a person regrets what he did until now, for some crazy reason that he, now he is upset about and regrets it, he could lose all the scar that he had. And this is a very important point that Chavazim Abba is making over here. Because there, certainly when a person goes through a trying time, so we know from different svarim, that one idea of trying to bring out the mercy of Hashem, the Midas Harachimim, is that we do certain things. And Hashem says, you extend yourself, I will, Kaviyachal, extend myself. There's a Midas Kenegin Midas, that's the way it is. The Gemara tells us, the Gemara, the end of Shabbos, called Merachimim Alabriyos, Merachimim Alomin HaShamayim. If we have compassion on another Yid, Hashem says, I'll have compassion on you. So we see it works that way. And sometimes we take things on, whether we will makabal Shabbos a little bit earlier, or we enhance our Shabbos, or we're going to take on now to learn some extra learning, or do more chesed, or give mitzadaka. And then we're doing it with something in mind. We have some sort of condition that we want for Hashem to pay us back. And it doesn't happen. The Sultan comes in and says, Ah, you see that? It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. And in our mind, he's trying to get us to regret the good deed that we did. This is very important. We shouldn't do that. And every myriv we say at night, every minor myriv, the hoser soton milafaneinu umeacharein. One shot is Hashem, take away the soton from in front of us. He's trying to stop us from doing things. But oftentimes, he moves aside. He lets us do it. But then after we do it. Oh, I thought I thought this would be great. 
He comes from behind. He says, right behind us, taps in the shoulder. You see, it wasn't worth it. Regret it now. Because he wants to, to lose all of the schar. So this is Chavisavavis' point. Don't lose the schar over here. And he says, and on top of all that, and we'll conclude here with this, this cheshbon. On top of that, we don't even know Hashem's cheshbonus. Not only should we regret it because maybe Hashem decided, I'm not going to give you reward right now. I'm going to change the gzera. We don't understand why. But the truth is, even if we don't understand, don't turn back from it. Don't take it away. Don't express your anguish when you have exardin, because we have no idea why Hashem is doing it, and we could rest assured that it's for our good. Certainly, we're one of Hashem's creations. Hashem fashioned us, and Hashem wants to provide for us. Hashem only is guiding us and leading us in only what's good for us. Things that are clear to us that these are good and even things that are hidden from us. We don't know why this is good. Even if this thing seems to be hidden from us, seems to be that we don't understand why it is, still, we have to trust Hashem and believe it. Like the Pesach says, that I have become custom, Ephraim sort of has become uh, a little bit too used to my behavior. I've taken them on my arms. Hashem says, I carry them on my arms, I protected them. And yet, they don't realize that I'm really there to heal them. Sometimes when things happen to us, we get upset. Why is Hashem doing this? This is not the best for me. I want it to be a different way. And Hashem says, oh, they don't realize I'm doing it for their good. I'm healing them. I'm bringing this to them because otherwise some other catastrophe could have happened. There are so many different cheshbonis of why things can happen to a person. And amidst Hashem tomorrow night, we'll say a beautiful piece that ties into this week's parsha, ties into Purim because it's now Shushan Purim Katon, a beautiful piece from the Chesam Sefer that really underscores all of this point and brings it out in a beautiful way. Agutenacht.